0: Welcome to the Sensory Change Podcast, where we learn to think differently as a community supporting sensory kids at all levels. We share all sensory matters through discussions and interviews with experts in the field to get practical ideas and simple strategies to implement in day-to-day life. Here is your host and author of Against the Odds, Dana
1: Latter. Afshan Tefle is an expert in emotional health, for both chronic illness and parenting. She participates in parenting summits and radio shows talking about the importance of prioritizing emotional health and trust relationships with, within the family. Hello, Afshan. Hello, Dana. Nice to be here with you. I'm very excited to have you with us. And first of all, I'd like to know how you to come to, to learn this subject of anger? Okay,
0: so anger, um, I have gone through my own personal journey of really struggling with how to be with my anger. And I went from really burying my anger and really trying, like I, most parents do, you know, when we get triggered, we try to bury it and push it down and, and, um, and not, uh, not let it overtake us. But then I would get to points where it would build and build and I would explode and I would have rage. And so, uh, you know, this started even before I I, I had a child where um, I was never able to really express my my true anger in its healthy form. And so I went through these, you know, iterations of expressions of, of either trying to push it down or then it building too much and going into rage. So I've had many years of experience of that. And then uh, after having a child and then seeing sort of how it affected him, even though I wasn't having rage all the time, but maybe once every few months or so. um, And, and it, it, you know, it was quite, uh, it affected my son quite deeply. And I saw that, and then I would sit in guilt and shame about it. And it was, horrible to go through these cycles and not feel like I had any control over this anger that would just come up up and take me over. So I really, um, you know, when I started getting into coaching and uh, following that as my career, I started really diving really deep into um, what makes these automatic behavior patterns come up. And how can I really change them, not just try to manage and control them and push them down and, or push them away, but really, really change them at the root cause level. And so then I, you know, went down a path of reading, I don't know how many books on anger and <laughs> didn't really like like a lot of them, to be honest. And um, But then really sort of going inwards and realizing that Um, You know, one of my big findings was uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, who was um, Wayne Dyer, who's a famous self-help author, who uh, with this famous quote of when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that really, really uh, hit me deep uh, because I started to realize that so much of the way that I was reacting to the world to my child was really a lot about what existed inside of me. And so I went down that path of really exploring and digging deep of why this anger is reacting to my child, you know, what's going on inside of me, that I'm seeing my child in this way, like literally as a I, in those heated moments, I see him as somebody who's a threat to my system and a perpetrator. And, and logically, that makes no sense to me, right? So, but emotionally, that's what was happening. So, so yeah, so then I, I went deep into that process and really started to understand um, the roots of anger. And then from that, um, started to really build out my uh, offerings to help others as I healed myself From those reactive anger patterns so just to be clear not getting rid of anger but healing the reactive pattern Mm -hmm. that comes from it um, was was what I you know uh, went on a journey of doing and so so now it's kind of become uh, an area of expertise for me
1: Uh and at this time now when there's a lot of stress and so many families and um, what do you think is the best way to deal with angry and frustrated children?
0: Yeah, you know, it—that's it, it, a good point. That right now, for sure, there's a lot more stress. Um, there is, uh, and and that's really the root cause of the anger and frustration—is the stress cues that we are getting. So, um, from a nervous, just to 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 give a bit of a foundation of why we react, why we have this, um, why we get into anger and frustration to begin with is because we have, we all have a nervous system that's always scanning the environment for threat. And um, it's not just scanning the external environment, but it's also scanning the internal environment in our bodies, so from our organ systems. It's scanning the external environment, so all the sensory cues we're receiving from the external environment, And it's scanning between people, so between nervous systems. So your nervous system is reacting to another person's nervous system. And in the times we live in today, there's so much fear, there's real life threat fear, right? So that's a real danger cue. There's so much um, stress because uh, parents are taking on so much more now. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of financial stress. So, Um, the stress cues, the danger cues are, are, you know, flooding us over essentially. And then our children really read those cues from us. So um, they are barometers for how our nervous system is, is operating. And, and our kids like these kids who have more sensory challenges who are on the spectrum, they are way more sensitive. Their nervous systems are already wired to have a experience a higher level of stress they have stuff going on inside their bodies that are already sending them danger signals internally as we know you know from the different schools of thought of autism our kids can have more inflammation in their brain and in their gut so they're receiving internal cues depending on what they eat or depending on how much sleep they've had you know that mm-hmm. are already sending danger cues Uh, Up And then that when and and then they're receiving cues from the environment as well. And so it's easy to go into anger and frustration when you're receiving all of these more uh, danger cues. And so to help our kids, you know, to with their anger and frustration is to first come into full acceptance of the fact that their nervous system is having an automatic reaction to some sort of perceived stressor and our bodies this is the way it works our bodies automatically react before our brain even knows what's happening and then that messaging goes up to the brain and our brain makes a story of it and our brain makes the story of what's going on Um, and and that story comes from that state of fight or flight or freeze um, of our nervous system and so our kids you know may be finding themselves feeling unsafe so that's at the root of it anger and frustration is both for parents and kids is you're not feeling safe at a body nervous system level so then how can you help your kids first to feel safe that's the number one thing how can you bring cues of safety um, and then from there when the, the child is safe then how do you help them Change the story of what's going on. You know, the learning can only happen from a place of safety because the brain comes back, the higher thinking brain comes back online at that point. Um, so just understanding from a nervous system level that we're all kind of going through these automatic reactions of, of you know from these lack of safety cues. And anger is, a, and is an easier emotion to be in anger and frustration than to be in fear or sadness or grief. And so anger seems to be sort of the, the go-to thing for many kids and, and parents.
1: Uh uh-huh. And for example, if we're speaking about the autistic spectrum, our kids who are not that verbal, how can they transform their anger?
0: Well, uh, they are, uh, the the number one thing I think is the the parent creating a, um, uh, creating cues of safety and that starts with parents regulating their own nervous system to be really, to get to a place of calm because nervous system to nervous system, right? Our kids require co-regulation and our kids on the spectrum with sensory issues, they're emotional functioning brain, you know, is is ha, can have delays or they're not able to emotionally regulate. And so um, as humans, we're designed to co-regulate, we're designed to feel safe in the face of another safe person. So I think that without language, you don't even need language. I, I mean, I found my child who has really great language skills, um, Language for us, we we try we used it for many years. But the number one thing that makes a difference is my nervous system state, my energy state, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. energy I'm giving off to my See child, how open-hearted I am, how accepting I am, how much I'm mirroring to them in those moments that I can I, I accept them, even though they're having a meltdown, even though they're flailing their body this is a release that's happening for them, uh, you know, emotionally. And this is the only way that their body has figured out how to release the pressure of those emotions. And so if we could just first really, truly just accept them where they are at, bring those cues of safety through connection and through connection, meaning it doesn't have to be words. It can just be body language and and, but it's also understanding your child's sensory profile and, and knowing, like, what are their preferred cues of safety. For my son, his uh, you know, he looks like at our faces and our eyes like a hawk to read what we're really feeling. He senses our energy coming from my body, my body language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so if you're child, and then also the voice, he, uh, my son is very, you know, for his hear- hearing for him is a big thing. So I have to send him cues of safety from that perspective. I soften my face, I crinkle my eyes. I smile slightly, but not too much if he's in a really angry state because then he'll (laughs) think I'm not with him and understanding him, you know, but I, I, send him, I, I start to talk in a softer voice and a more prosodic voice and, and, um, and it's all of that is sending, you know, through the different sensory pathways, sending the nervous system signs of safety to help them get regulated. And only when they're more regulated, then can we really help teach them, okay how to be with these bigger emotions and that takes time to do because it all depends on the emotional where they're at in terms of their own emotional social emotional development
1: exactly and breathing how can it help regulate and relax the child using these techniques
0: Yes, okay, so breathing, the key is to teach your child the breathing techniques when they're more regulated, right? And see how they uh, they can notice it in their own bodies. But there's a, a breathing technique where, um, you know, for adults, for parents, I always say, breathe, uh, it's called, it's to activate the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is, the, is this calming nerve in our body that when we activate it and tone it, it helps send the signal to our body that we are safe and then our body then can send the signal back up to our brains that we are safe. And so breathing and with a longer out-breath, that's the key, a slower, longer out-breath than your in-breath um, really helps to slow things down. Um, so that I suggest for adults. For kids, um, another breathing technique that works really well is say you you, you, know, you take an in-breath for three, you hold for four, and you breathe out for five. Um, the holding for kids, um, and adults can do this too, of course, it just helps to slow everything down and slow their like panic, you know, thoughts that are coming into their brain because their body's in this state. So breathing is a way to hack into that sympathetic fight, flight. Uh, freeze response that's happening in the nervous system and usually it's a fight flight response that our kids are in Um, so it, it helps to hack into that messaging and change the messaging to help calm the body down but the key is to practice this outside of those heated moments with your kid first and to really see help them to notice okay when you breathe this way how do you feel in your body you know, really taking it more to a body level, I think so much of therapies and, and, um, uh, and behavior management techniques are kind of top down, expecting a child to be able to think through something and, and get to, you know, to the better behavior through thinking it but so much of the re- the reaction is coming from the body level so we need to work with the body level and like I said sending the cues of safety helps the nervous system and then the breathing response helps and so getting children to tune into their body is so important um, you know like the the other day we did this uh, I, I've been uh, teaching my son um, how his nervous system responds so i'll I'll do um, examples I'll say okay sweetie you know I want to Tell me how your nervous system responds to this face. And I'll make different faces. I'll make a happy face, an angry face, a scared face. And right away, he can tell me, Oh my gosh, I don't like that at all. Oh my gosh, I don't like that at all. And when I smile, you know, in a, that sweet, loving way, he'll be—he'll say, "Oh, happy, happy, I feel happy." So I said, "So, did you notice the response in your body? What, what your body did to just my faces, my different faces?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then I like I hear him on a call with his, you know, therapist the next day talking about how oh my nervous system got shocked with that. You know, (laughs) so so just knowing the that for them to understand, oh, my body does this automatically when I see your face. And you can try it with different tones of voice, you know, as well. How does this tone of voice sound to you? How does that tone of voice sound? what does your body do? You know, what does your body do really keep it in the body? I think that that helps them to get more awareness of what's happening. And then, and then it takes sort of the shame and blame out of it too. Uh-huh.
1: And when you mentioned before your facial expression, um, helping him to regulate his body, how would you advise parents to uh, work on their facial expressions and calm eyes? And
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So if you think about like someone in your life, you know, that you feel like, you feel so comfortable and safe with. And some of us may not have that. So I get it. But maybe there's, uh, you know, someone on TV, I don't know, or some, but if there's someone in your life that you you have that with, and you imagine when they're really caring and loving with you and how their face looks, um, you know, parents can practice this in the mirror too. Uh, so you can look in the mirror and and give yourself different faces and see how your own body responds to those faces, and just really take it down to the body level and see. I find, so like the soft eyes and the crinkly eyes, you know, the crow's feet are good because they show that you're really, um, that you're in that sort of, your eyes are in that warm space. The lifting of the cheekbones um, indicates to another nervous system that you're You're um, in that more safe, regulated state, you know, a soft smile Um, and and just like like a numb, cold stare will definitely send a cue of danger. Um, Any sort of like a lot of us parents, we think we're hiding the way that we're feeling, but it's really showing up on our face. Any sort of frowning, um, even like when you're concerned about your child, you're really caring that say they're going through something and you're really concerned about them. This is something I have to be really careful of too, that to not go into that really concerned, fearful face state where we're like, we're really frowning and, uh, but yet our voices are giving that concerning, like that sweet voice, but our faces are frowning and, um, and that can send still mixed, you know, that mixed messaging of, Oh, something's really wrong here. What you want to send them is that, that that's, Warm, smiling face. And I encourage you to, like, to parents to practice this because, and notice how your own body feels. Like, I notice when I do that in the face of my child, my own body calms down too. Um, So it's really, it's really fascinating.
1: And is that what, when you speak about emotional fitness, about the expressions, or what is emotional fitness?
0: Yes. Okay. So emotional fitness is the practice of being with and processing our emotions daily and um, the way that emotions show up is so if you're not really good obviously you know when emotions show up when you're flooded with emotions right whether you're flooded with anger or you're flooded with um, with with fear or you're crying and you're sad Um, to be able you know our automatic inclinations from our own conditioning many of us have been taught to not feel our emotions and not express our emotions and that, um, to feel embarrassed about our emotions. So the practice of emotional fitness is really to be fully with our emotions and the full embodied experience of it, how it's showing up in our bodies, um, and really being with them. Now, uh, the other part of the practice is that for a lot of us who are very used to pushing our emotions down and not being with our emotions, they often show up as body sensations um, or can show up as anxiety or depression even. And so when we get to the core emotions underneath anxiety and depression and express those then anxiety and depression don't really have to be a mask, um, you know, for the core ex- emotions that are not being expressed. And then our body sensations, like tensions in our body, tightness, tingling, pain, um, muscle soreness, uh, stomach disturbances, headaches—all of those can be signs of emotions that need to be expressed and released. So, you know, a daily practice of even doing a body scan and checking into picking a fo- an area of focus in your body to just focus in on it and notice and ask it what emotion is here you know and breathe into it and then be with it and allow that emotion to express itself because our emotional health is so connected to our physical health it's connected to our mental health it's connected to our ability to be in deep connected relationships Um, So it's so important to practice that emotional fitness of learning how to be with our emotions because over time that builds more resiliency in our body. It helps our nervous system to feel also safe in the face of emotions, which many of us our nervous systems want to hightail it out of there when we start to feel emotions. (laughs) So it's really reshaping your nervous system to become more resilient in the face of emotions.
1: Uh very interesting it's like working on the interoception sense yes yeah
0: yes it's it it is like that it's like sensing what you know all the sort of sensations coming up from the body and understanding that the emotions can be very connected to it
1: now, many kids with sensory integration challenges get stressed and object to any idea or activity proposed. What advice would you give parents in order to shift the situation?
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm going to bring it back down to nervous system level again. So um, when our kids express that they don't want to do something, it's because they're not feeling they don't feel safe enough to do that. And, you know, if we think about it, like anything in life, when we want to learn something, we want to try something new, we want to do something. Um, it's it's the way that we learn is when we're in that space of both safety and challenge at the same time. And so to 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 get a child to like try something new or do something that they don't want to do, the number one thing to do is to bring safety to that experience through connection. So to accept where they are at and to really um, build that safety through connection. And then when they feel safe enough to slowly in little bits allow their uh, allow them to have that those challenges. And this is because, you know, the nervous system, and this is especially true or times 100 for our sensitive kids, is that our nervous system really wants it wants to feel safe we need to have choice we need to have context, which is information you know the who what where why when how information um, and then and we need to have connection and so those are the three like foundations of what you know a, a nervous system needs to feel truly safe and so when we look at it from that perspective, when you want to try something new, how can you provide as much context and information as possible so that the child starts to see it, get a feel for it, know what it's all about, um, You know, can, can try to understand it to some degree. And how can you bring choice where they have a choice to if they don't want to do that activity, what could be something leading up to that activity that feels safer for them? So giving them that choice. And then, you know, the last is is um, through connection is to really build that connection and through connection, them feeling like, okay, you've got their back, you're there with them and you're not gonna push them through this. You're gonna let them take the baby steps they need to get to go through this activity. Um, I think we've all been really, really programmed to believe that in order to, um, you know, overcome challenges in order to learn things, we should push ourselves, push ourselves, push ourselves. And our kids and some of our nervous systems can handle that. Okay. But our kids who are sensitive, their nervous systems buckle in the face of stress because they're already feeling so stressed inside. So we really need to honor that and respect that and offer full acceptance, you know, towards that. If we can step in their shoes and really try to understand it from their perspective as parents, you know, think about something that you find challenging to do and you don't really want to do it and what helps you to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, oftentimes it's not, you know, pushing yourself because that can backfire. So that's what I would suggest, you know, to really think about it from that nervous system perspective and what it needs to feel safe enough to try something, an an activity.
1: Uh And um, how can we help a child, you know, not just expressing anger, I mean, in a range of emotions, but learning to express other emotions as well?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I know like my, my kid, it is so hard for him to express the emotions underneath anger and anger often comes up as an emotion to protect the system from feeling those more vulnerable emotions of fear, anxiety, you know, shame, um, all of that sadness, you know, that our kids often really struggle with. So again, I would say, you know, what I find helps is that Um, helping my child to like when it comes to anxiety and fear uh, really getting to the root cause like I have to read my child's mind a lot so when he's in an angry state I'll go right to okay what's the root cause and identify it and help name it for them so it's about helping your child to name those emotions um, that you think that they might be feeling underneath that anger, um, so then they can start to say, realize, okay, yeah, this is what I'm feeling, um, and that helps a lot with the fear stuff with my son with his anxiety. But but the when it comes to expressing the sadness and the grief, that takes a little more um, uh, work. And that's and and or expressing the shame that he's feeling. Sometimes if I just say, you know, I'm wondering if you're feeling this way because of this and maybe you're feeling you this is my, what you might be thinking and feeling about it and and helping him to, like, guess, you know, what he might be thinking and feeling without putting too many words in his mouth. Um, but this kind of work takes time. You know, our kids are really um All kids have a hard time with emotions, and especially our kids. So I like to, again, take it to a body level and say, um, help them express what their body is feeling first, because it's kind of like it takes it out, takes the pressure off them to put words on emotions, which is harder for them. But if they can say, oh, my body, if they can tune into my body and my body is feeling this way, it's a gateway into what they're feeling. And so, um, so helping them to recognize that can be a great way to then expand the vocabulary of, of, okay, is there, do you think there's any emotions in there? What are you feeling? Is there, and then having sort of a, a chart of different emotions that they can pick from if that's helpful. Then the other thing I do is, is a play. So a lot of kids, can express their emotions much more through play and so if your kid is you know good at playing then um you can act things out and play and then you can see where that goes and and never shut down their expressions and play no matter how like dark or <laughs> the mm-hmm. things that they can do like the killing or whatever i would never shut it down like let them fully express it because Fully expressing emotions is getting them out of their body, where they're, and so that they're not trapped in their body. So through play, kids can do that either through play with you, through play with you and objects, and mm-hmm. or. Puppets. For my son, it's puppets. We act things out with puppets and that seems to help him um, to then, uh, and then he'll have two puppets in his hands. We'll have two puppets in our hands and we'll, uh, we'll start it off and it'll get him going. And then he starts, you know, going with it and then he's able to express things more that way. So play is a really great way to help kids express their emotions in a way that they're not put on the spot to have to come up with what they're feeling.
1: Yeah, I know. Also, my kid, who's uh, both my boys, uh, 14 and 11, uh, they love expressing themselves through their puppets. Mm,
0: that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think puppets are so amazing. It's great for adults, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: And if we're already speaking about teens, so what kind of meditation would you recommend for them?
0: Yeah, so with, with teens, um, you know, at that uh, age they they have a they also you know struggle with being with all the emotions coming up um, with all the hormones and the emotions <laughs> that come up around with with, with those hormones. So um, it again I guess being in the body I feel like is so like body scan meditations can really help slow these kids down to help them to be more in their body to feel more grounded in their bodies. Um, versus be having them they're they're off not grounded because their thoughts are racing on things that are causing them anxiety Um, so grounding uh, you know body scan there's lots of great body scan meditations on YouTube and you know my son we uh, encourage him to do them and we find how relaxed he is when he does them so that I think is, is such a great tool for for kids to start to learn to be in their bodies and then and then the, the breathing, you know, the breathing technique of, you know, when they're out and, and feeling panicky about things to really bring in that breathing of, of the three, uh, three counts in, hold for four, out for five, um, that can um, help immensely to just slow them down um, and come back into, a, you know, the present moment. Uh-huh.
1: And um, how can parents get in touch with you?
0: So my uh, website is www.illuminate the and then the letter u.ca So it's illuminate u. the letter u. ca. And I have lots of free offerings on there. Um, I'm a conscious parenting coach, so I, I really help parents to shift their, um, you know, what's going on inside of them that are causing reactions to their kids. And I do focus on uh, a lot of parents who have sensitive and strong willed children, um, that can come under various different diagnoses. Uh, but we focus more on the sensitive and strong willed parts that tend to trigger parents. So yeah, you can find me on my website with lots of free offerings there, as well as my new webinar, a free webinar, seven steps to transforming anger, the conscious way.
1: Huh? and you also hold like a group session with parents, so
0: well, right now I have this online course which was there's a Facebook group as well, and there's group coaching available with that. but I do do some free master classes and webinars here and there, so if you sign up you know to my list, then you'll get notifications on when I do those free offerings um in the uh the, on different topics
1: thank you very much i really enjoyed it thank you for listening to the sensory change podcast if you liked what you
0: heard please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe